Hi, this is James Barris. I hope you find this talk supports you in your practice. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed to do that. Your support is greatly appreciated. At this, uh, at this time, Jamie will speak to you about the taking of uh, refuge, the, the basic ethical precepts, and also about the methods and techniques which we'll be using um, in the sitting practice and in the walking practice. So at this time, um, people who've been here for a few days uh, have already heard this part. So you can continue walking or sitting outside. Uh, just before you go, two announcements. One is that people who signed up for bell ringers, um, there'll be a bell, bell ringers meeting tonight at 9.30, approximately 9.30, or when this talk is over, down in the... There'll be a bell ringers meeting for people who <coughs> signed up after this talk, which will be approximately 9.30, uh, down in the manager's office. And the other is uh, people who signed up for kitchen jobs. Uh, there'll be a training period tomorrow morning at 7.45 to please report to the kitchen. Okay, so at this time, people who've been here, please feel free to go. You want to tape it?
like to uh, say a few words this evening about the meditation practice that we'll be doing here. <coughs> some helpful attitudes to keep in mind and some of the structure and ground rules that we can share to make this as conducive an environment to practice together as possible and then have a, a short meditation uh, this evening before going to bed. This meditation practice, insight meditation, uh, is really very simple. It basically comes down to paying attention to what's happening. It's very simple instructions. As you'll see, if you haven't done it before, it's not so easy. And that's why it's called meditation practice. Paying attention without judging your experience, whether good or bad. Paying attention to the breath or to other things as they present themselves very strongly. To the walking, knowing that you're walking. To eating, brushing your teeth, taking a shower. Whatever it is that's happening can be done with that spirit of awareness. And so there's no real breaks from the retreat. But some helpful attitudes to keep in mind so that it doesn't become too much of a struggle or a strain. Clearly, as much effort as you put in, you will get back in return. The more you are willing to take a look at your experience, the more you'll see. And instead of getting through the retreat, you might just have the spirit of wanting to get into it and see how much there is to discover. And so this quality of effort can't be overstated in the sense of a sincerity of commitment to be as present as possible. The effort is just the effort to be present, to be mindful. And when you see that your mind has wandered without any judgment that it's gone off, just in that moment to make the effort to bring yourself gently back and start again. Here we are in this moment. The effort is not a strain. Because if you try to strain, try to force your experience, it's very difficult to see clearly. And so along with effort, it's important to keep in mind a certain sense of balance, a balance of effort. One very helpful quality to carry with you throughout the day, throughout the days, throughout the meditation, is one of patience. And it's not the patience that's waiting out the difficult times in order for the good stuff to start coming in. Because that will be a very frustrating wait. It's instead the patience that allows for this moment to be just the way it is. Whether it's blissful, or boring, or chaotic, or fearful. And this moment's gift to wake up, to understand, and to discover who you are and what it is to have a body and a mind. 
and your relationship to your experience <clears throat> you'll see probably many times during the course of a day or even a sitting how often the mind likes to wander off not to take that personally as I mentioned to the other group once heard a medi one meditation teacher describe practice as one insult after another mm -hmm. uh, not to take it personally as being my mind so scattered but to just understand that it's the nature of the mind and to start having some compassion and some kindness for that situation that we find ourselves in and trying to train in a gentle, soft, and sincere, persevering way, this ability to be present and be open to the experience that's happening. A very helpful attitude or image that I find useful is training a puppy dog to stay on some paper. Put it on some paper, and after just a moment, it starts scurrying off. Okay, you bring it back, stay scurries off again, bring it back, stay. You don't beat it for wandering off or throw it back with a lot of anger. You'll have an unhealthy relationship with it. Instead, if you bring it back gently and lovingly and firmly each time, you'll start to instead develop a healthy attitude so that you're not beating it up. And that's the mind, this cute little puppy dog. Each time you see that it's wandered, bring it back and stay and each time you bring it back with that attitude you'll be cultivating patience and forgiveness and compassion acceptance and awareness and many other skillful attitudes of mind that come along with that um, with that willingness to be with the experience without condemning it if instead you see that it's wandered and you jerk it back with a lot of self-judgment, you'll just be cultivating more frustration and agitation, restlessness. Also, if you see that you've been wandering off in thought and it occurs, oh, this is a very interesting thought, this is the one I've been looking for, don't believe it. <laughs> the mind is very tricky and after a very short time you'll be lost in the most mundane inane drivelings going through make a sincere commitment as soon as you see that you've been wandering without any judgment of what's happened to just let that process have been going on oh thinking and then return gently to the primary object or whatever else the instructions are uh, as the retreat progresses. <coughs> Along with that quality of patience, another very helpful attitude to keep in mind is a sense of humor. Because it can be very horrifying to see just how things are out of control. And that tendency to judge is really one of the major obstacles to clear seeing to keep a certain lightness about this situation just to kind of balance the effort that you're putting in
You might even practice with half a smile on your face. And when things get very heavy, go look in the mirror and say, hmm, things are getting very heavy, aren't they? And then try to smile. You'll see how silly it might feel, the whole drama, and it just might dissolve away. To keep that sense of humor with this whole predicament that we share, it's very, very helpful. On one retreat that I did, I was backing myself into a corner, which is quite possible when you start going in deeper and don't check in with, with someone after a while. And a song came on my jukebox in my mind. I've got one going on pretty continuously. The song, Take It Easy, the Jackson Brown song. Just the, the words, take it easy, don't let the sound of your old, old own wheels drive you crazy. And particularly the line, lighten up while you still can. It's like the clouds just parting. And in a moment, the whole drama starts to, f to fall away. So to try to keep that attitude in mind. Don't take things quite so seriously. Because whatever it is that's happening now is going to pass. And just to see it in that bigger perspective. To use it and see how, how much you can learn from it, but to see it in a larger context. So effort and patience and sense of humor and lightness. Now some uh, formal um, thoughts on the structure that we'll share here. <coughs> Many people are new to uh, these kinds of retreats and so what I'd like to do is uh, tell you about certain guidelines that are found to be helpful to create a supportive environment for practicing together. They're in the traditional teachings called five precepts. And I don't think there'll be too much difficulty with them, but it's important that we all are sharing an understanding of, um, of what we're doing here. The first precept is to refrain from killing or harming in any life form. That includes bugs, insects, just to have a certain reverence for life, a certain harmlessness in our relationship to other living beings. It just provides a vehicle for settling down and cooling out the mind so that there is the capacity perhaps to cultivate a certain peace within the mind. That's the first precept, refraining from killing or harming. Second precept is to refrain from stealing, taking what is not yours or given to you. <clears throat> and again, that creates a safe environment for us all to feel trusting and supportive of each other. Now, it's true that we're sharing this facility with um, a high school nearby, two high schools nearby, and an elementary school. And so, Although we're all joining in that precept, the other people on the grounds aren't. And so to be uh, aware and mindful of where you leave things outside, outdoors, I think it will be fairly safe inside, but just to be mindful as you 
uh, have your valuables around, not to leave them out. <clears throat> the third precept has to do with uh, sexual relations. And out in the world, the guideline is not causing suffering through sexual relations, either to yourself or to others in an exploiting way. For the purposes of the retreat here together, it will be to abstain from sexual relations, to be celibate for the time that you're here. This is a really, really a chance to go inward, to make friends with your own process, and not to reach out for contact or support or diversion. A number of people here have come with partners or um, spouses, people in primary relationship, to really honor your own space and your partner's space and to refrain from infringing on their, their process which is going inside. The fourth precept has to do with right speech. Out in the world, the guideline is to, again, refrain from speech which causes suffering, which includes not lying or gossiping or har using harsh language. For the retreat, things are very simplified, <coughs> and that is to refrain from speech. Other than at times of group interviews or individual interviews or where there's a necessity to talk, whether it's helping on a job down in the kitchen or something comes up where there's a real need, speaking to Kristen or Stan, to just use this time to go inside. We fill our minds up with enough things outside in the world, newspaper and conversation and media. Here's a chance to just go inside. And that includes reading, writing, holding on to any ideas that come through or stuffing the mind with new ones. You'll have plenty of data to process just with you and your mind on the cushion. No need to fill it up with anything extra. <coughs> as much as possible to honor that space for yourself and for the other people on the retreat and so we can all join with a sincere commitment to self-inquiry. <coughs> Refrain from connecting in all the different subtle ways. No need to use the noteboard to communicate to friends unless it's an absolute emergency. To really minimize and simplify communication while you're here to just the bare necessities. I would suggest that you, even if possible, refrain from too much nonverbal communication. As eyes lock and meet, the mind can get stirred up for quite a while after that. And so, for the most part, just to keep to yourself. It doesn't mean that you need to be grim you can be smiling on the inside and sending love and good thoughts, but just to, again, turn inward. So that's the fourth precept, silence. 
The last precept has to do with refraining from intoxicants which cloud the mind. And during the retreat, in this time, to please refrain from alcohol or drugs unless there's uh, specific medications that you're under that are important to continue while you're here. Okay, any questions about any of that before I go on? Okay, then what I'd like to do is just ask you to um, sit up for a few moments and I'd like to say those precepts out loud and see if you can commit to them inside. <coughs> For the duration of this retreat, I undertake the precept to refrain from killing or harming in any life form as much as possible. For the duration of this, re of this retreat. No, just say that, I'm sorry, you can just say that sil silently to yourself. I undertake the precept to refrain from killing or harming. I undertake the precept to refrain from stealing or taking what's not mine. I undertake the precept to refrain from sexual relations while I'm here. I undertake the precept to honor the silence that we're all sharing. I undertake the precept to refrain from intoxicants and drugs and alcohol other than medication. I also want to share at this time another traditional aspect of these teachings and that's what's referred to as taking refuge. As Christopher said early this morning, he sometimes thinks it sounds like it's running out of the rain. Uh, uh, there's a certain inspiration in taking comfort <coughs> of certain qualities of the practice that we're doing here. And so instead of taking refuge in the sense of running away from something, it's more a matter of running towards things that inspire and open us up. <coughs> The three refuges that are traditionally given are refuge in the Buddha, refuge in the Dharma, and refuge in the Sangha. 
And I'll explain those words so you know what you're taking refuge in. The word Buddha, on one hand, refers to a historical figure who lived 2,500 years ago in northern India and had a very powerful enlightenment experience that has affected millions of people for thousands of years since. But on a deeper level, the word Buddha just means awake, an awakening. And what the Buddha taught throughout his lifetime, and the real essence of the teachings, is that it's possible for all of us to awaken in that same way, to understand the truth, to see things clearly. We all have that quality, that ability, to see the truth if we are willing to take a look and see for ourselves. And so taking refuge in the Buddha means taking refuge in that place inside of us that is already enlightened, that knows the truth, that has that inner wisdom beyond the wandering, chattering mind. And that's what we're here to discover and tap into and gain greater access to. Taking refuge in the Dharma, the word Dharma has a number of different definitions. The truth, the way things are, these teachings are referred to as the Dharma, the Buddha Dharma. Reality, just the reality of this moment as it's unfolding. And taking refuge in the Dharma can be thought of as taking refuge in this present moment's experience, seeing what's really here for us to use to wake up, whether it's a pain in the knee or breathing in or a sadness or an ecstasy, whatever it is that's happening right now, this gift of uh, the lesson to be learned so that we're not running away from the unpleasant or trying somehow to manipulate and control the, pre the pleasant, but rather opening up to this natural unfolding of what is being shown to us in each moment. And out of that comes a real balance of mind, a willingness to be with anything as it arises. And that's taking refuge in the Dharma, in the truth as it's presenting itself. Taking refuge in the Buddha, in the Dharma. The last is taking refuge in the Sangha. And the word Sangha means the community of like-minded people there's a certain power that comes from a coming together of people to investigate. There's a certain support and commitment that we can all draw from, gain energy and inspiration to continue looking. And so taking refuge in that is honoring this space that we're all creating here. And so we feel part of a community that is aligned in purpose, 
to just understand the truth and see for ourselves so we can grow in understanding and compassion and love. So I'd like to say those three refuges and again perhaps if you could connect with them inside you can draw on that inspiration during the retreat uh, as it progresses. I take refuge in the Buddha, in that place inside of me that knows the truth, that's already enlightened. <clears throat> I take refuge in the Dharma, in the way reality is presenting itself in each moment. I take refuge in the Sangha, in the community of like-minded people that have come together for this time. I'd like to do now, I know it's been a long day for probably all of you, uh, is to give the initial instructions and have a short sitting at this time um, so that you have an understanding of what we'll be doing and when you come here for the early morning meditation you'll know what to do. So if you would just take a posture where you can be reasonably erect, not stiff, where your back can be straight, perhaps having your lower back just slightly arched to support your upper body. Having your head squarely on your shoulders. Just closing the eyes gently, unless you're used to uh, a practice that has them open. Just close them gently. <clears throat> relax the body, relax your shoulders and your face, your torso. You might take a few deeper breaths and on the inhale, just energize your system, and on the exhale, let go of any tension that's remaining. And then just letting the breath be natural, <clears throat> breathing through the nostrils, Mm -hmm. starting with 
The basic awareness of the breathing process as the primary object of the meditation. Just begin to be aware of the breath coming in the body and leaving the body. Just breathing in and breathing out. Let yourself feel the breath. No need to analyze. Just let yourself feel the experience. And let any other distractions just be in the background. Any sounds or thoughts or sensations. No need to push anything away. Just bring your attention to the foreground of the breathing process. When you find that your mind is wandering off in thought or daydream, without any need to judge, just simply let go, let those ideas be, and gently bring your attention back to the breath, starting in this moment.
sitting, quietly observing, letting yourself feel the breathing process coming in, going out. when you hear the bell, notice the hearing process occurring. And then before you open your eyes or adjust your posture, know that you're about to open your eyes. And do that with awareness. Make that transition smooth in a mindful way. So it's about 9.45, there's probably a hot drink or tea, if you'd like, before going to, to bed. Start the meditation, start the retreat right now. As you get up, take a drink or go to prepare for sleep, see if you can be with the activity that you're doing just to observe, just to see what comprises each activity that you're doing. A very helpful uh, attitude to keep in mind during the retreat is just doing one thing at a time. When you're reaching for the cup, just reach for the cup. When you're getting up and straightening out your cushion, just do that, just be with that. And when you've wandered off, just to gently bring up bring your mind back and start again and again. And then the wake-up will be at uh, 5.30 and there'll be a 45-minute period for wake-up and exercise if you'd like to do some stretches or go for a walk or um, get your engine going. Then there'll be a sitting here at 6.15 and the beginning part of that sitting each morning starts off with some music, a listening meditation. Um, please, it would be helpful to come on time and just give all your attention to listening without 
analyzing or grasping or holding on, just to being fully with the sound. The end of that meditation period is usually the time that Christopher gives uh, some instructions and uh, announcements for the day. And please come to that first sitting uh, each day. Okay, so you've earned a well-deserved rest by now. So please sleep well and we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.